Hey listeners, welcome to Solid Saturdays, where you will receive solid inspiration and prayer that will set you up for a solid weekend. And get this, y'all, an even better week. Listen, I get it. It's Saturday. It's the weekend. But I want to assure you that whether you're in bed or exercising or even running errands, if you tuned into this podcast, then there is a word for you. So let's go ahead and dive in. All right. Listeners, 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 today's episode is super, super exciting. I am bringing on some very special guests today, and I think that this is a very needed topic. As a matter of fact, I know it's a needed topic because Holy Spirit would have led me to this topic and to bring on these special guests. So I want y'all to go ahead and sit on the edge of your seats and get ready to be blessed and empowered by these guests. So today's episode title is Marriage and More with the Whites. Marriage and More with the Whites. (laughs) So my guests today are my parents. And just yesterday, they celebrated 38 years of marriage, something that we don't see a lot of nowadays. We don't see longstanding relationships. And I think sometimes when we do hear of these longstanding marriages or relationships, somehow we think that things were easy, which is why they're still together. But I got news for y'all. This couple has been through, for sure, I know one of the toughest things that a married couple or couple in general could encounter, but they are still together. So I'm just going to go ahead and bring them right on. Welcome my parents, Stephen and Annette White. Y'all can go on ahead and introduce yourself if you want. Welcome to Solid Saturday. Thank you. Hello, everyone. They call me Mimi. They call me Daddy. Oh, Lord. Okay, so how did you guys meet? Who noticed who first? He noticed me first. We met in church. I happened to be in church. At that time, I was attending a church down in Delray. And I believe that he noticed me first. Absolutely. I noticed her first. I I tell her sometimes that I even know what she had on on that Sunday. It was she had on a white jacket, a white pleated skirt. I do remember she was the Sunday school secretary and she was sitting there to, taking notes. And I had just walked in. I, I believe it was Easter Sunday morning. Oh, and I was I, about to say it had to either be first Sunday or Easter Sunday if she had on all white. <laughs> yeah. And I walked in and I had on my white suit, a pair of tan cowboy boots. Oh, Lord. And a tan tie. <laughs> It was my first Sunday being there because I had just moved from New York two days earlier. And I think, and it was one of the first faces I saw. I picked up on the spirit of being very humble and kind. And of course, those are pluses. Mm -hmm. So what was your response when he approached you? I was nice. (laughs) (laughs) I was nice. (laughs) I was nice. You know, I answered his questions. In fact, I believe the first time we ended up going somewhere was to some type of a musical and he asked if he could come along. So that was the start of the whole relationship. So before meeting each other, did you guys like have a type of spouse in mind at the time? Like, for instance, some women like red men or light skinned men, some men like darker skinned women, or it may even be qualities. But did you guys have like a type of spouse at that time? 
Well, to be honest with you, I really wasn't looking for a mate at, at first. I'd been in a previous marriage and things didn't work out so good. So I really wasn't looking to um, get together that fast, but it just seemed like that it was working. And, uh, you know, I liked what she had to say. And evidently she liked what I had to say. And we went out and I enjoyed her company. And I think she enjoyed mine. I asked her one time, I said, Annette, I said, um, I was trying to be romantic, right? So I said, Annette, what is it that you like about me? And so she said, I like you because you're so silly. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so obviously you liked him because he was silly. But did you have a type beforehand? And did he fit that type? As far as the qualities, yes, I needed some, I wanted someone that we had similar qualities, which as he mentioned, I liked him because he was silly. And we had mm -hmm. a sense of humor. I'm one that I have to find some humor in almost everything, you know, just because that's a part of my character. I envisioned someone that had a sense of humor that was, that had integrity first and foremost, that was a Christian and um, we shared some of the same likes as far as church music, you know, ministry, as well as someone that have a job, someone that's stable minded that I could be secure in, uh, depend on. Yeah, that's super important to me, too, that a guy has to be a protector and also a provider. He has to be able to provide and have stability as well. And then some things that you said as well is that you wanted somebody that you could laugh with, which I think that I don't I don't know if people still count that as an important or significant attribute because laughter is important. Laughter in a relationship is important. And I think it's also another way for people to be able to let their hair down. And if you're not able to let your hair down in a relationship, then it's going to be a little stressful for you. If you are more of a serious person, then you probably will need somebody to be a little more jokey with you just to balance you out. And the other thing that I like is that you also mentioned that you guys had something in common as far as attending church and liking the same music. I know that that's super important as well, because you want to be able to do life together. And if you guys don't like some of the same things, then how can you do life together? Daddy, at what moment did you know that Mimi was the one that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? And Mimi, I ask you the same thing. At what moment did you guys realize that? Well, like she said, the first time we really went out was it was a Thursday night. I remember that. And we were going to a workshop in Fort Lauderdale. And of course, for a lot of, lot of them from Delray, it's is about a 30 minute drive. So we talked all the way there. And of course, on the way back, we stopped at Denny's and we talked there. I knew at that point, it may sound strange, but I knew at that point, hey, this is the person that I need in my life because I had had such a hard, difficult life before then. And so I needed somebody that's dependable. And then I needed somebody that I could protect. You know, protect a man protecting his family is very important to me. I have a problem even now when something goes wrong in the house and I can't fix it. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of a man's character. He wants to be the fix-it person. If it's a problem, he wants to fix it. If it's an appliance, he wants to fix it. Whatever it is, he wants to fix it. And I've always been that type of person. Another thing that's, that's really important that was not mentioned, I think that your mate has to be your best friend, okay? Mm -hmm. I think that's very important because you, this is somebody that you can share everything with and by sharing everything with them, you show them that you really care. And caring and understanding 
is also very important in a, in, a, in a relationship. I have to be able to understand you to really uh, care for you the way that I need to care for you. Uh, marriage is different than dating because dating, you can say goodbye anytime you get ready. Once you say I do, whether you want to accept it or not, that should be a permanent thing. Mm -hmm. So you were saying like after the first date that you knew that this was the person that you want to spend the rest yeah. of your life with. And that's really interesting to me because you said you came down and you weren't even looking for a mate. And then for you to also say that you need to be best friends, I think that's important too. And what about you? It was a couple of dates. <laughs> I wasn't convinced right away. Right, right. I had, you know, I'm, I'm more cautious when it comes to stuff like this. I, I'm not a risk taker. You know, I have to uh, give myself a little bit more time to process and see how this person was going to be. And it was after a couple of dates, I saw the type of person that he was. I saw that he was, as some people say, that he was a solid person, genuine, was someone that encouraged me and, you know, inspired me. And then the piggybacking on the best friend topic, with someone being your best friend, they see you at your worst and at your best. Mm -hmm. And they're still there with you. Mm -hmm. They don't judge you. And that makes a big difference. In fact, they try to encourage you or at least see the good in you as opposed to just seeing the negative or the bad in you to try to get you up, especially if you're not feeling at your best and you are having a meltdown or a bad moment. They will mm -hmm. try to talk you out of it and get your mindset to a point where you get away from that dark place and back into a more positive atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I think it's important too that because what you just described as well is a purpose partner. And what I mean by purpose partner is that person pulls you up when he sees you at your worst or, you know, your best. They're able to encourage you and pull you up because they know you. They know you for who you are. They see the potential in you and they ignite the purpose on the inside of you. They won't allow you to stay in a bad place for a long time. They allow you the space to feel your emotions and your feelings, but they won't allow you to stay there because they know the purpose that is attached to your life so as your purpose partner they're going to pull you up because they're like okay now it's time for you to get it together and move into purpose so i think that's super important as well you know what um just to say this i was thinking about this this morning as a lot of people know in some cases i have a short fuse Nah, really but, yes, <laughs> yes but i was thinking of all the years we've been together i've never had a short fuse with her about a month or so ago, there was a fellow that wanted to charge me more than he should have charged me for some work. And I got kind of excited. Uh, okay, y'all. You know, so just so y'all know, listeners, when he says that he got excited, that means he got upset. I went off on him and I really didn't know him. You know, Annette has done some things over the 38 years that I really didn't appreciate. Just like I'm sure I've done a whole bunch of things that she didn't appreciate. Mm -hmm. But I had never, ever gone off on her because this is part of me. If to go off on her is like going off on myself, I've got to protect her. You know, I've got to protect her from being hurt. I get upset if somebody else hurts her and you know, I'm not going to hurt her. So um, that's what I call really love. When you, when you care for somebody so much that you put them ahead of yourself, yeah. there's no selfishness and that's supposed to be a bunch of selfishness in marriage, you know? That's well, what. it's supposed to be no selfishness in marriage. I mean, how could you be selfish yeah, when yeah. God tells us to, well, tell the men to love your wives as Christ loved the church and Christ loved us so much that he sacrificed right. his life. Like he didn't have anything wrong with him. We had all the wrong. And right. because he loved us, 
he sacrificed his life. So that's supposed to be replicated as far as the man in the relationship where, okay, even if she's wrong. Now, there's a difference between arguments and holding each other accountable. Now, if she's wrong, there's a way for you to respectfully hold her accountable. But at the same time, it's not your place to be the one to hurt her verbally. Because I think another thing that people don't realize is that you may not put your hands on your wife or even your husband. Because there's some women that fights out there. I used to work with domestic violence cases and they're, you know, anyway, y'all know the truth. There's some women out there that fight. So you may not put your hand on your spouse per se, but the Bible calls our tongues swords. And it also says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you can cut or abuse your spouse just by what you say, because you didn't exercise self-control, as the Bible tells us to exercise. You speak impulsively and emotionally, and you may not mean it at that time, but because your emotions were high and you had no control, you spoke it and you injured the person that you were supposed to love. And the thing about it, I don't think ahead of time to try it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I sit and tell myself, oh, I got to try not to hurt her. And it just comes naturally that I can't hurt her. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't hurt her. Not knowingly, maybe I can do something that she doesn't know to hurt her. But knowingly, I can't, I cannot hurt her. Hmm. I want to take a moment and pray for those who may be struggling in this area. And while a lot of times we can look down on these people that struggle, I want to remind you that every sin comes from a root. So although you may not be abusing your spouse verbally or physically, who are you abusing? Because we can abuse other people in our relationships with our tongue or even with our hands. God forbid, I pray we don't. But truth of the matter is, is that it happens with our children, with our friendships, with our pastors, with our boss, with our employees. We can be just as guilty as the next person. But because we like to make sins bigger than other sins, we often justify what we are doing. So I want to go ahead and just pray for those that want to get out of this. But there's a root that is holding them that keeps them operating in the same behavior. So, Father, right now, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters listening right now. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch their heart. Whatever issue it is that is causing them to behave in a behavior that is contrary to the design and the character that you have created them to be and to walk in, I pray, God, that you would uproot it right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would heal them from rejection, heal them from disappointments, heal them God from the inside out and wash them clean make them new for you said that he who the sun sets free is free indeed so father I thank you now God that you are making them free I thank you now father that you are healing them from past pains and traumas and hurts God that causes them to operate contrary to how you have created them to be may they be whole may they be healed in the name of Jesus and start in their mind by a eliminating every thought process that causes them to move in ways that don't glorify you, Father. And may you make their heart of flesh to receive what you are doing on the inside of them, God. Mold them and shape them and make them new, Father, in Jesus' name. And I decree and declare that old things are passed away. And behold, God is doing the new in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I I addressed how the husband is to sacrifice for his wife, but then I also wanted to put in that we 
as women, as wives, we need to also submit to the husband. And so that is super important. And it's not saying that you don't have a voice in relationship. It's saying that you trust your husband to have your best interests at heart. And when you have the right leadership over you, your husband, then you don't have to worry about yourself not being respected or heard or anything like that because you know that he has your heart. So he's always going to hear you. He's always going to respect you. And as you submit to him, he's going to submit to you. A lot of people, they get very nervous with the word submission because they think that it means silence. And submission doesn't mean silence. It's more so on a topic of respect to each other. So before we end today, we are going to go into prayer. And I want to make sure that y'all are sharing this episode. Share it with your friends, your family, your mama, your daddy, your cousin, everybody. Your co-workers that are married and they trusted you with some information. Share it with them because they need to know that they're not alone. That there are marriages that are still together that had tough challenges to overcome and they overcame it with the help of God. Listen now, don't get it twisted. This couple has been through a really, really tough challenge, a really, and it was in the early stages of their marriage. So listen and hear me closely. They have a story that can help you. And we're going to talk about that challenge in next week's episode. So stay tuned, stay connected because you don't want to miss it. But today in this episode, I want you to glean from the wisdom that was shared today. A lot of times we have a lot of wisdom in front of us, but we take it for granted. Don't take this wisdom for granted. This couple has 38 years of marriage that is proof that this wisdom can help you out in your marriage. And even if you're not married yet, there is something that you can take from this episode that will benefit you and help you out and push you further than they have ever gone. That's the purpose of sharing wisdom. We learn from it and God gives us wisdom so that we can help the next person out. So listen, I hope that you were on the edge of your seat and you got some nuggets today because they were thrown out there. So daddy, what I want you to do, I want you to go ahead right now, if you will, and just pray for marriages. Everybody is listening to this podcast episode that may be married. Just pray for them if they're going through a tough time or even if they're not, if you will, cover them in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity just to talk to you one more time, just to approach your throne. God, we thank you for all you've done for us and all that you have been to us. Lord, we have a special prayer today that we want to pray for marriages. Lord, especially the Christian marriages and Christian men. Father God, we ask you to help our men be as they're supposed to do in the body of Christ. Do what they're supposed to do. Help our men, Father God, be the fathers that you would have them to be. Lord, to take good care of their children and to take good care of their families, Lord. We're asking you to be the man that you would have us all to be as Christian men in marriages. Lord God, help, help us to love our wives and to care for our wives, to care for our family. Only you can do that, Father. Father, you, only you can lay your hands upon us so that we will be the kind of men that you would have in your kingdom. Bless all our Christian marriages, Lord. Bless all marriages, Father, that we may be the children of God that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Listen, 
If you feel stirred in your spirit and something that you need to do in your marriage, then go ahead and do it. If you got an answer from God just through this podcast, and don't sit on it. If you need to have that talk with your spouse, then please do. You recovered in prayer. It's time for you to do the work now. So thank you all so much for joining. It is my prayer that you've gotten some prayer and inspiration. And because we serve a faithful God, I am so confident that you did. And just by that, I know that you will surely have a solid Saturday. See you next time.